Canucks Central Friday. It's Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah with you in the Kintec studio. Canucks getting ready to play the Edmonton Oilers. We'll bring you pregame in about an hour's time. Also, pregame on television today, 5.30, as we lead you into puck drop for the Canucks in their final game before the Christmas break. A three-day layoff for the Vancouver Canucks after tonight's game against Edmonton. And we'll talk to Yannick Hansen in a couple of moments. Also have a mailbag coming up at 4.30 for you. Canuck Central brought to you by Grip Auto Entire Quality Service. You can trust and 14 locations to serve you. Elias Patterson bringing uh, Christmas early to Rogers Arena. Oh, boy, did he ever. Boy, did he ever. <laughs> I mean, what an incredible performance. It was nuts, man. And, and, and you know, like we kind of mentioned last night, when you go to a hockey game... These are the types of performances you hope to see. I yes. mean, you want to see your team perform well and you want to have fun and, and everything. But sometimes you see a game you you don't really ever forget. And that's the type of, type of performance that Pedersen had. It's one of those that's going to go down in Canucks lore. You'll always know that, hey, that five-point game when you know the opponent was all over Vancouver and, yep. and it, it was the Pedersen game. I mean, Batch nailed it. You know the Pedersen game. Yeah, I mean he, the Pedersen flu game. I mean the Pedersen flu game. I thought that's a good take, but also you know Pedersen six. Yeah, Seattle five because that's yes. exactly what it was last night. Uh, scored the shootout winner and was on the ice for all five Canucks goals. Was not on the ice for any goal against. That is truly elite. Let's bring in uh, our regular Friday guest. It is. Yannick Hansen, and this analyst is brought to you by the Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Yannick, uh, how good was Elias Pettersson last night? I think he left little doubt as to who's the driver on that team um, <laughs> and who's got the reins. Um, he's not there. They give up five and they score nothing. He's there. They still give up five, but uh, he managed to make a game of it. No, he, he's... Um, he shows what he can do. Um, power play looks dangerous. Um, he makes his line mates better, make them look dangerous. Um, the plays when he sets up um, Peter Pilsen for the, for the first goal, we, have, we haven't seen that in the last two games. Those passes, those plays, you come in, break, you set up a guy, back door. He, he makes it happen. Um, and again, that is what elite players do. They make other players around them better. Um, and again, it just yeah, it it, it just shows the, the caliber of player that he is, and again, uh, his value to this team. Well, and it's also like how responsible a player that he is. I mean, it's not just the fact that, like you mentioned, that he scored the five. He was on for the five goals and shootout winner, but nothing got scored against him when he was out there. He's still making plays defensively. He's he's the team's best defensive forward as well. I mean, guys who are this good defensively as two-way players who score 100 points, which he's on pace for, and the game he had last night, I mean, sometimes, yeah, a guy will have a five-point game, you pick up a couple of second assists, and, you know, the puck follows you around and you get lucky. I mean, this was like full value of five-point game. I mean, how special a player are we talking about? A guy that could get 100 points and be one of the best two-way centers in the league, potentially. Yeah, but that, that's what we've been talking about earlier, too, uh, with him, where you can see the potential, because it's not... Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has five points last night, and that, that that's great. It's phenomenal, and, and not a lot of guys do that. But we've seen several games where he could have, and I, I'm not saying easily, but he could have had these three, four, five points because he's setting up his teammates, but they're not they're not scoring on the chances. And I understand you can't score on every single opportunity you set up for your teammates, but he does this at a different clip 
than, than any of the other centers we've seen. Um, the way he produces and, and generates chances for himself, for his line mates, is what makes him stand apart. Uh, and again, he's on the ice. He generates, and we're talking about, we've been talking about Bo lately um, and what his value is and, and are you going to sign him or not. You don't see Bo delivering the same kind of impact to his wingers. Bo is a phenomenal player and you love to have him on his, on your team and all these things, but, but he's not the guy who goes out and make these plays left, right, and center for his wingers. Um, and that's what separates the the, the phenomenal players from, from the great players, in, in my opinion. It's... Um... It is interesting to hear like some of the reaction from the team uh, after the game and, and Miller when when he was asked about Pedersen's game, you know, he talked about how it started in the defensive zone. They broke out pucks well, so they were never stuck in their own end. It's it's uh, kind of funny that that Miller notices this so well and he certainly identifies it, but is unable himself to execute it. But you know, it, it did start with a lot of great defensive plays in their own end that that led to to transition chances, and we just we don't see. Um, whether it's Bo or or Miller, do that kind of enough at five on five when they're out there. No, he he has an elusiveness to him, and the the, the easiest way to see it uh, for for the average fan, in my opinion, is on the power play. You see how many times pucks gets rimmed around to him uh, on the boards, or he gets it and he's got a guy on and he shakes him off. It is so hard to do. You can't fathom this when you got your back to the play and a puck is getting rimmed around. And you know the penalty killer is coming because I was that guy. As soon as you see the back, you chase this guy because mm-hmm. you know how hard it is for them to read where their outs are, how they're going to shake you, which way they're turning. And he does it with such an ease and over and over again um, that yeah, the eyes in the back of the head, if you will. Um, and that's one of those things. But that's obviously just one part of his game. But that's what's translated through the entire uh, 200 foot as well. Mm-hmm. So when he's coming out through his own end, he, he can do the same thing. But all of a sudden, you have a little bit of vision as well, and, and it makes it a little bit easier for him. So again, he's obviously turning into to the player that we saw, uh, and that we were hoping that he was going to come back to into after his injury there. And, and again, it's it's obviously a very positive sign for for Vancouver and for for the fans in a maybe a little more bleak uh, situation. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, uh, as far as bleak situations go, I mean, the Canucks have been near the top of the league, but they do have a lot of great individual stories. And one player on Pedersen's line who's just had a tremendous impact in his first year in the NHL is Andre Kuzmenko. And Yannick, I wanted to get your thoughts on just how his game is developing as the season goes on. Clearly, him and Pedersen have great chemistry, and it goes to show the skill level and how those guys can think. But I'm seeing Kuzmenko be better defensively. I'm seeing him be a lot stronger on pucks as well. And he's really finding ways to not only beat guys with its puck skills, but being able to shield the puck to make plays as well. Like, are you, How impressed are you with how Kuzmenko's coming along? Yeah, again, I thought his transition would be a little bit slower mm-hmm. uh, coming from, from, from KHL. I kind of had to put a damper on, on the expectation on him. I'm still not, I don't know if it's Petey who is, who is driving in that much or how much he can do on his own or on a different line. Um, but that's the scary part for me with him um, because again you he's a ufa correct me if i'm wrong here at at the end of the year so you have to make a decision on him and you have a very very more small sample size and again he's been having a lot of success on on pd's line Um, a lot of guys have have that as well the thing about kuzmenko is you can see uh, 
pieces in his game, especially in the offensive zone, that, that he's got some offensive flair that that can't be taught. Uh, he can shake guys. Uh, he's got a drive. He's got skill. He's got finesse. Uh, you mentioned his defensive game. That's always what we, we wonder about Russians or, or Europeans coming over here. Can they play the full 200 feet? Uh, and again, he it's a small sample size, but, but he doesn't look out of place. It's not like you're, you're, you're cringing your, your toes when, when he's out in the defensive zone or, or getting hemmed in. So, so that's a good sign. And as long as he can keep, keep producing, because he is one of those guys that in my opinion, if PD sets him up, he should be able to find the back of the net. He is skilled enough, good enough to do that. And so again, it, it's nice to see that they have some, some chemistry. And, and again, PD is one player he do, does need line mates. Uh, and again, if, if Kuzminko is that guy, um, by all means, that, that's great. As much as, um, before we move on from Patterson, like, how wild is it that uh, he was out for six days with the flu and then shows up and, and has that performance? Yeah, it, it's, it's like <laughs> these one games things, like, I, I don't want to take anything away from it. Um, uh, but it is like you, you, can, you can show up and do this. Um, that the problem becomes tonight and yeah. and going forward because then you're now you're going to be running on that empty tank. Um, so so again, it it's great that he shows up, having practiced. Again, it it doesn't really matter. Um, but but again, tonight will 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 be a telling sign. Uh, again, how does he respond? Again, little sleep, coming home, uh, or, or long travel, if you will, uh, getting bit to bed late and. Uh, earlier start so it's not even a full 24 hours in between games uh, as well so uh, tonight will, will, will be uh, there will be a tougher test for him than, than last night in my opinion uh, you can just run off the adrenaline uh, for a while I guess um, even after the win though um, you know a lot of the uh, well the coach and uh, some of the the players that talked about it like well we just we can't keep having to win games Six five, so they seem realistic that the play still isn't quite good enough, and yet they still seem to make those those same mistakes. Um, do, do you see an end to that, Yannick, or is this no, just who I this team is? I, I don't, because the best um, the best one for me is the Tyler Myers. Mm. Uh, the, the, nobody's going to correct that. No coach, no system. It's a blatant giveaway in your own end, right to a forward that turns into a two-on-one. It's in the back of the net. And as long as the guys keep making these personal mistakes, you'll keep seeing these results. And in my, you can't fix this if the guys themselves don't fix this. Um, and again, it, it, in my opinion, it, it is, unfortunately, it is who they are. It's who they've turned into. Um, so, so again, um, uh, Roster movement, in in my opinion, is is the only thing that's really mm-hmm. going to change this, um, because you can say, well, don't stop going out and, and doing turnovers, but but we've seen it, we've seen it for too long now, um, and it is it it is those goals. It's not winning your battles quite in the defensive zone, turning pucks over, bad pinches. Um, it, it's it's not because of uh, system breaks down mm-hmm. or. Whatever it might be, no, it's it's blatant uh, in the individual mistakes, and then those uh, they should be easy to correct, um, but but for some reason they're not. 
Well, I think it's pretty clear now that this team is what it is. We saw them, you know, go on that, you know, seven-game losing streak to start mm-hmm. the season. And then over a stretch they had, they were seven games over 500. In the last 10 games, Yannick, they're 5-5, five and five, so they're 500. And right now in the season, they have 31 points in 32 games. They're a 500 hockey team. Like, that, that's what they are. And that's I think they're, they're going to have the fluctuations back and forth. And you're right. It comes down to the moves they have to ultimately make to pick, take the team to the next level. But even with all that, I, I am curious about the decisions that Bruce is making as a coach. And as a former player, I wanted to get your thoughts on how this sort of this, these sort of decisions resonate with players because we've seen guys have a bad game or good game. They quickly get demoted. The guys who are the highest paid guys that play, play a lot, they seldom get held accountable. Ethan Bear got healthy scratch the other game. We've seen Garland. We've seen Hoaglander have a good game and get sent down the next one. What do you make of Boudreaux making these decisions and seemingly always reprimanding the lower guys in the lineup and not the guys that are really the, the players yeah, that are at fault here? It's the only guy who does the other thing is uh, is our friend Torch in Philly. Um, it's uh, they don't want to. They don't. I, I feel like the the coaches they they don't want to. They they don't want to bench uh, JT Miller because uh, he'll create a, a a different problem, different animal uh, media. He probably has to ask for permission to do it as well, and he and he might not get that. Um, so it, it is uh, it is easier to to thump the little guy. Um, he's not going to create a fuss. Um, not going to be said anything in the media. Um, don't have to respond to it or expect uh, a negative report in any way from from the player. Uh, he's just going to take it. Yeah, I'm going to learn from this. Yada yada yada. Play the good soldier. Where if he does this to uh, J T. Miller or somebody like that, it's 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 not going to. Might turn into a bigger circus in my in my opinion, and that's probably why they avoided more so. Um, again, go back to Torch. He did it to um, to Hayes in Philly, and Hayes comes out in the media and says, like, "Well, I don't think I should have been a healthy scratch." Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have that back and forth, and it's already a negative environment. And Bruce doesn't strike me like a guy who wants that. Um, so, so again, it, it it it's easier to avoid it and hope that the the high-played player um, will find his game uh, and, and be the contributor that that Bruce needs him to be because you need JT Miller. If Bruce, uh, and I'm assuming Bruce is coaching this team to make the playoffs, well, he needs JT Miller to be the JT Miller we saw last year producing and cut away the, the, the defensive mistakes. So, so again, you, you're walking a very fine line with, with these players where it's, like, it's, it's easier said than done. You know, absolutely. I mean, and I totally understand it from the JT perspective and, and those types of players with the massive contracts for longer term. But but what about on the back end? I mean, oh, yeah, he's got a long one. But a guy like Myers, for instance, just because just I'm bare on the back end, that one to me just th- doesn't quite add up there. Like, I get the JT stuff. I get Bo. I get all those higher end guys, really. But I'm not quite sure I, I understand the decisions on the back end. Yeah, it, it's, again, the back end is obviously their weakness. Yeah. Um, and again, you're... They've added they've added Ethan Bear, they've added Stillman, um, but but again you're adding players at at the at the bottom of the totem pole, if you will. Um, so so it's it's also very very hard to like are they are they better than Tyler Myers? I don't know. Are mm-hmm. they playing better? I, I don't know. Like like I said, the, the giveaway is ugly yesterday, but from Tyler Myers, but they all kind of do that anyways. So it's like you can't pick one or pick the other. Um, and Myers does provide something. And again, was he paid a couple million less? He'd be a great player in your, in mm-hmm. your um, bottom third pairing on the D. The problem is he makes a little bit too much. 
Um, and then you got different expectations from a guy, and then all of a sudden you can't live up to those expectations. So it's 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 a fine line. And and again, like I mentioned, Bruce want to win, so he's he's playing the guys that he feel like give him the best opportunity. And at the same time, he's trying to push these these buttons to maybe make a guy come back and and play better, seeing something that maybe he can improve on. Uh, but but it is always easier to to take a guy uh, uh, lower in, in in the hierarchy. I am uh, I am curious now though. Like, uh, what do you think? Tr- what do you think Torts is trying to accomplish by by benching a, a Kevin Hayes type like that? I don't know anything about Philly, but but it's it's, a, it's sending a message. I know they they probably lost a bunch of games, and the Torts do what Torts do. Like he he's going to shake that dressing room and. And he's gonna see who, uh, again, who, who who's he gonna want to keep? Because um, right. this isn't for Torch. Obviously, this isn't just yeah. He coaches next games to win, but I'm assuming he's got a couple of years, and Philly is wanting to turn this into something. Mm-hmm. So, so he's gonna see who his guys are, um, and he's gonna push these guys. He pushed Kess like you wouldn't believe it, and he loved Kess. But but he still he pushed him, mm-hmm. uh, and and he pushed him over 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 the line as well, just just to just to see what he could get out of him. Um, and that's what he'll do. And then again, then he'll. I know exactly where I have this player, and he he's going to be with me. And when I switch team, if he wants to come play for me, no question, he can come play for me. That that's the type of coach he is. But he will push your buttons in ways you you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I mean, and it can be effective. I mean, if you do get the most out of these players, and I think it's pretty clear here that long term, Bruce is not going to be the guy. So we'll see ultimately how to, how that all kind of falls into place. But I did also want to kind of get your thoughts. We talked so much about guys like Niels Hoaglander, and when we talked about guys like Vasily Podkolzin, and they were just sent down to the minors. I mean, especially Hoaglander right now, going down there and playing minutes. I mean, even if Hoaglander could come back and play, say, on the third line, do you think there's more value in just letting him stay there for a good extended stretch here to get get some confidence, find his game, and, and maybe stay away from you know the, the, the high-wire the high act that is the Canucks and whether you play on any given night or not? Yeah, you need him to realize that uh, life and uh, normal life might be in the American League. And then, then find a way to to you got to. I'd keep him there for even the whole year if, mm-hmm. if you need to. Um, and again, so you're not that that expectation of uh, that's my spot. And Hoglander, he he plays with tenacity, so you can't fault his effort level level on most nights. He he takes too many chances and plays a, a little bit of a reckless game for what you're getting back. Uh, but but again, his. His effort level is always there. He's tenacious. He forechecks, um, and he does all these little things. He needs to round out his game, and the American League is a tremendous league to do that in. He'll be allowed to make these mistakes. He'll make these mistakes, and then you'll get told. You might even get to sit out in the American League, and then you start realizing, oh, now I might have a, a long way to go before I get back to the NHL. And slowly you, you start developing uh, maybe a different appreciation of, of playing in the National League. Um, and again, it, like I said, it is not a bad place to develop. You get a lot more practicing in as well. Um, schedule is set up differently. So for, for, for young guys who aren't uh, top-tier players that, that force their way into to lineups and become uh, dependable players that, that you rely on to win hockey games on, on any given night, they, they should be playing in the minors. Uh, you shouldn't force or, or, or rust them into something that, that maybe they're not ready for, where you all of a sudden have to rely on, on your coach to, to teach these players, to develop these players. 
the 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 farm team should be a mirror of the NHL teams in a sense that we play the same way. Um, so when I get pulled up, I know exactly what to do. It's just at another level. Um, so so it's like you can you can elevate between the two the two teams, and it's the same system, it's the same style. It's just at a different pace. So so it it should be uh, an opportunity to to hone your skills, uh, whether that's tipping pucks or uh, getting pucks out or learning to kill penalties or learning to play on the power play, whatever it might be, whatever the skill set that set players is drafted for. uh, And they always have a... Uh, the organization, well, we draft this guy and we think he can turn into this. Well, he, he's got to get a chance to turn into this. And, and the NHL probably isn't the right place for them to hope that they turn into this because you're not going to get 20, 21 minutes a, a night if you aren't an Elias Pettersson. You might get that in the minors uh, if you're that type of player. And then you will develop because all of a sudden you're, you're relied on to score the, the goal at the end of the game and, and you're relied on to be the half-full guy or being on for six on fives, five on six, and all these these situations that you, you're not going to get an opportunities in the, in the NHL. Yannick, uh, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, hope you and your family have uh, have a great Christmas weekend. No, for sure, and you guys as well. Take care. Thanks, Yannick. May- Merry Christmas, Yannick. Yeah, we'll have him back you. for the New Year, though, right? Yes. Okay. We, I mean, New Year's Eve, we're we're working. <laughs> we have a but game. That is on a Saturday. So the, the Friday before the thirtieth, we'll yeah. have him on. So we'll have him on before New Year's. Well, we don't have a show on the thirtieth. We don't. No, we. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this. We're taking the. Uh, well, we're we're on for game days next week. Yes. So the twenty seventh and twenty ninth. Ninth. And okay. we're working the thirty first as well. So we're off the thirtieth. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea of the schedule is. <laughs> Clearly, as you can tell, I just know I'm supposed to work certain days. <laughs> Just uh, getting too uh, too deep into those quantum computing uh, books you've been reading, and not not enough on the the Sportsnet schedule. I, I will say, okay, quickly here before we get to the mailbag. <laughs> somebody sent a text in yesterday and said that Google has a quantum computer, and I mean, technically yes, but it's it's really not accomplishing anything yet. Like it's it's okay. very much in 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 the in the embryonic stages yeah. where it's like you're you're really just starting to build it out. It, it doesn't really calculate things all that well. They haven't harnessed it yet. So yeah, I mean, they're starting. There are such things as quantum computers, but they're nowhere near, they, they have nowhere near the capacity and capability that they're going to need. And when they do get to that point, though, it's going to change the world. Good. I was worried. <laughs> I, I needed that update. I Thank you. Uh, there you go. Just providing some quantum computing updates for you guys. Are we any closer to having like the Star Trek thing where I like stand in the in the portal and i can like just like teleportation teleport to wherever i want to go um a beach in mexico or something so i so i read i read about teleportation (laughs) (laughs) no no listen i mean in in theory they might be able to do it but you won't be alive so basically what they would do is break your matter all the way down and then send you back and then build you back in together but then that's that's killing you and trying to put you back together that's probably not going to work you could do that with objects potentially but with human beings you see where the problem lies this is fascinating stuff. <laughs> Sounds like a movie just waiting to happen. Uh, all right. Stan Richo and Space Sat, Science Sat. I don't know I don't even know which one it is anymore. He well, he goes he goes between. He goes by both? Okay. Yeah. Multiple nicknames. <laughs> he's the he's the triple threat of science. <laughs> yes. Um Old Hockey Man, Spaceman, and Science Man. It's Sat Shaw. And people are complex. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right, mailbags coming up next on Canuck Central.